Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Men at Grace podcast. Our goal on the podcast is to help motivate and encourage men to take responsibility for the people and the situations that God brings into their lives. In this episode, I speak with Alex Borges and Ben Temple, and we discuss how pride and a desire to control our circumstances often prevents us from moving and experiencing the fullness of what God has for our lives. We explore the challenges that ambiguity brings, identifying our idols, and the unexpected blessings that come to us when we move towards authentic manhood. Check out the show notes for study questions and resources to help you become the man God is calling you to be. Okay, let's jump into this episode of the Men at Grace podcast. All right, guys, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing great, thanks. Yes, glad that y'all are here. Ben, you and I, we work together with Men's Roundtable. You're at our downtown campus. How long have you been with us now? Five years. Yeah. You're now married. I am. That newly, in May. That's yeah. right. This is in fresh May. for you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then Alex, you're with us. So Ben, tell us a little bit about what we're doing today and introduce Alex. So today we wanted to get to hear a little bit about Alex Borges. I've been able to get to know him a little bit, just being around downtown, yep. not just a friend, but also have seen him jump in and serve and have often seen him as probably the most servant-hearted person that I've known in Greenville, mm-hmm. really. And so I just think that he has a, a powerful story and just how God has moved and worked in him. And so I think it's cool to get him on here and yeah. get to hear a little bit of his story. So, yeah, that'd be good. Alex, you want to tell us a little bit of your story? Sure. Thanks, Ben. I moved down here from Boston back in 2013 and was following a career progression move with GE. Okay. And essentially, I just met some friends through GE that lived here that attended Grace, and they brought me over to Pelham. And it was really kind of the first time that I had ever experienced expositional teaching and really hearing the word in that way really got hooked on that and yeah. ended up getting more and more involved in uh, in grace through what is now the mix and eventually my community group. So very cool. And so you started attending our church and you we were talking about this earlier about maybe just responsibility and you started thinking about some of that. What were some I don't know next steps or what were some things that you started thinking that helped you think differently about responsibility? I I really would have to give credit to the Spirit as as I really just started listening to the Word at at church on Sunday, as well as just kind of getting into the Word on my own, kind of developing some spiritual disciplines around that. Mm -hmm. It really just came down to me feeling convicted that I really needed to move in that direction. Being a single guy without much responsibility outside myself just got clear that that was one area that uh, God was calling me to move in. All right. So very cool, Alex. So you are a single dude. You're attending Grace Church. You're hearing God's word. And you decided to start serving at Miracle Hill Boys Shelter. What was that all about? And how did that come about? In full transparency, it was a bit of a progression. First, I wanted to kind of dictate where I wanted to serve. So I was reaching out to try to find areas through a friend that worked at Miracle Hill where I could work with late teens or early 20 young men, try to help them transition into um, the working world because I felt like I had some strong gifts in the area of personal responsibility, finance, and helping them get their feet on the ground. What is the Miracle Hills Boys Shelter to tell us more about that? So the Boys Shelter was kind of that progression where I wasn't able to find what I wanted to in the serving world for a while. And finally, I just realized, hey, there's some boys here that might need some, you know, that definitely need something. So I just decided to up and go 
because it didn't require much. Uh, just to kind of, sh- so I just started showing up every Thursday. Do you think that you got involved in that because you didn't think it required much at first, or like what was the real motivation behind going over there? Really, kind of revolved around realizing I needed to pour myself out and coming to terms with the fact that I couldn't dictate how I did that. Hmm. That's interesting. So somebody told you about this place, you go over there. What was that process like? I got in touch with Jacqueline Pinkham, who was the volunteer coordinator at the time. And she just helped me through all the paperwork that it required to spend time with minors in state custody. Mm -hmm. And I just went over there and just showed up. So you're, you're going over there and what are you actually doing over at the shelter? It was pretty messy to start with. There was no real structure or anything like that, which is very against my personality. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've, I just why is showed that? up. When you say that, why is that? Um, I'm a one wing too. I love structure and, and fixing things. And when it's very ambiguous and very indirect relational time, it often made me feel like I wasn't effective. Okay. But that involved coloring, that involved helping with homework, really whatever boys were in the mood enough to engage with me at the time. So oftentimes I just kind of showed up and hung around until somebody wanted to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, and so you met some people and you met mm-hmm. Brandon is what a guy you told me a while back. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that relationship. What's culminated from that? To kind of build into how we got to meeting him was through that time of coloring and doing homework with everybody, I realized that there was a need there where a lot of the boys were overweight. A lot of the boys were going to age out of the foster care system and they would have to figure out a whole lot of life on their own. Mm -hmm. And so to take one thing off their plate, I realized based on some training with my dad and just a love for cooking on my own, I realized that I could teach some of the boys how to cook. And Hmm. I realized that I could also provide that meal for the shelter as well. And so over the years, with some help from some guys, the team grew and we started getting some women involved as well to the point where we were a team of about nine people. For example, just to give you some numbers, like we went 50 out of 52 weeks in 2019. Wow. Every, almost every Wednesday. I was going to say, it, as I've known him, that has that was like always a thing, mm-hmm. was that Wednesday nights, you know where Alex Borges is going to be with the, <laughs> the cook-up crew. That's right. So through that, one of the most consistent boys was actually Brandon, who you mentioned. And so he was on the older side, but we really related to him because he really enjoyed cooking. And through that process of serving there, Melissa, my now wife, started coming with us and really got to know her well. We ended up pursuing dating together, and that progressed into marriage. And once we got married, especially considering we got to know each other so well through serving at the boys' shelter, we saw the need of fostering, and we both felt called Mm. to be able to help in that area. So we were resolute about that. We started pursuing the application process. And then not one month later, we found out that the boys' shelter was actually closing Mm. in December of last year. And so we just kind of looked at each other and we both knew what we were thinking is Mm. that, hey, we've got to we've got to help out some of the boys at the at the shelter. And so that long story short turned out to be Brandon. Mm. And so we pursued the paperwork with him and he he got placed with us in December Mm. of last year. Wow. So you think about just the story of getting connected there and doing some small things and sounds like it led to something big with this dinner. What were you teaching them how to cook? <laughs> Lemon breaded chicken, lasagna, Asian stir fry, make Dang. your own pizza. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're definitely teaching them a skill, but also getting to care for them. And 
I'm sure having a male figure in their life and was that meaningful? And I mean, what kind of feedback did you get from the kids as you interacted with them? And honestly, I think that was one of the realms of my life where I'd have the most ambiguity of what mm. I was actually doing or what effect I was having because mm. you had boys that literally felt like they just didn't want anything to do with you. And then yeah. you had others that just showed up in the kitchen every week. But then we had some that, you know, over the course of time and sharing little uh, sermons before the actual dinner, like you had one of the other boys actually decide to stand up and do that for, wow. the, for the other boys. Like, cool. so it was just a full gamut of just, you know, planting seeds, watering, never really know where it's going to go. Hmm. Let's take a quick break and share an opportunity for you to move towards authentic manhood and the gospel by being part of a connect team at Grace Church. Hey men, my name is Brad Walbridge, and I serve as the group life minister and minister to guests at Grace Church in Greer. Like Alex, I too have received many unexpected blessings when I have moved towards people through serving. I love how Alex moved in obedience, got connected to the boys' shelter, met Brandon, and started dating his future wife. And then later, Alex and his wife had the opportunity to adopt Brandon. I mean, what an awesome blessing that came from one guy humbling himself and serving. You see, when we move towards people and situations and depend on God to help us lead, we experience his power at work in and through us. Alex's story is a great example of this principle in action. Now, if you're a part of Grace Church and not currently serving, I want to encourage you to start moving towards serving. There are many ways to get involved. Take the first step by reaching out to someone at your campus and join a Connect Team. Connect Team is a serving ministry that helps to create a welcoming environment and connect people to the mission of our church. Now, it's not the only place to serve, but it is a great place that you can start. And for more information about opportunities at your campus or to get connected to a serving team, go to any Grace Church campus webpage. You'll scroll down to the section that says Serving Opportunities. You'll click on the link, complete the serving interest form, and then somebody will be in touch with you. And you can also check out the link in the show notes below. All right, let's get back to the episode. So for someone that's really strategic like you, you come into a church environment, you're single, you're trying to figure things out, and you did something that was very not strategic. Like you said, there was a lot of ambiguity in what you're doing. I mean, what has that taught you about just trusting God and understanding his faithfulness? And I mean, what have you learned in all this? I think the the big thing is just not trusting myself for the answers and instead taking those incremental steps of clarity that God puts before me through reading his word, through being in biblical community and talking about it in community group, and then even just knowing people like Ben and other folks that just can help you get plugged in. Yeah, it's good. Ben, anything you would add to that? I, mean, I just think it's a, a powerful thing to just look at that whole scenario and, and see how it wasn't like he had all this clarity mm -hmm. to start with. And he was like, okay, I can go and do this at the boy shelter. It, he started out not really knowing what, what he was going to do, what yeah. he was needed for. And, but he just continued to walk in steps and like he was talking about incremental bits of clarity mm -hmm. to where the Lord like eventually used that to let them foster Brandon. So I mean, it's just cool to see, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in that whole situation. Yeah. 
That's true. So we were talking in a previous conversation about the idea of a battleground and how you discovered your battlegrounds and some of the different areas that God has really given you clarity on as you have moved. Could you talk to us a little bit about what you learned in that area and what you meant by that? I think what it kind of came down to was that, that conviction of the spirit that I mentioned, but then of needing to move. And then looking back on that, I realized that that was very much a battleground of pride for me. Basically, I was being passive towards others in need. It's kind of what it comes down to. And that sort of was revealed to me by realizing that I had very few responsibilities outside myself, mm. which is probably not uncommon for most 20-something, 30-something-year-old single men. And then one, one that we hadn't really talked about was also kind of that idea of impatience was kind of the other one that I had tight-fisted. And that revolved around marriage and having a family, purity even, you know, my career and work. And that kind of revolved more around the self-reliance side yeah. of things. Mm, very good. Did you see like pieces of that impatience show up as you were like trying to get plugged in? Were there any like roadblocks along the way because of your impatience? There's always an impatience of not getting plugged in in the way that I want to in the timing that I want to. Mm -hmm. Like I, I felt that very, very clearly. The first year and a half, I think I was attending Grace was with those, that first couple that invited me. I went to Pelham and then I went to Golden Strip and then en eventually ended up downtown because of some, some more friends that I met down there. I mean, and I think that was all for a reason and the timing was, was perfect in retrospect, but in the time it was very uh, drawn out, mm -hmm. <laughs> inefficient. So what do you think are some new decisions that you've made in your life as a result of, you know, getting involved at the shelter, getting involved in Brandon's life, you know, going from not having a lot of clarity to now having clarity because you just spent 52 weeks helping kids know how to cook. Like what new decisions do you feel like you have made in your life because of the lessons that you've learned in that season? I think it comes down to just having some grit to pursue what God puts in front of me, even if it isn't clear, whether that be dating and it doesn't seem perfect or a job and it doesn't seem perfect, but just realizing that part of that is the brokenness of this world. Part of that is also, you know, subliminal prerequisites that we have in our head of where we expect something and it doesn't come to fruition. And therefore, you know, therefore we, we hesitate and take it and, and don't take that step. Yeah. So Ben, you think about this idea of ambiguity and how powerful a principle that is. You're married, you're newly married, you said earlier. Have you felt like in your career and your, you know, before married, you know, college before married that you've had to embrace a lot of ambiguity? And what does that look like? I think for me there is ambiguity in like just in a lifelong direction of, okay, I don't know if this is the direction I want to go. And so I kind of floated around for a couple of years without direction. Looking back, I think that was some more of like the, the more like selfish time of my life, I guess you could say. But it was because I was not really digging into scripture. I wasn't praying for the Lord to convict me in ways that would push me towards, you know, serving roles or things like that. I was just trying to I think even in some ways trying to connect myself to people more than connect myself to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've seen some elements of that as, you know, as I'm serving and as I'm trying to give my life away is that I'm not connecting myself 
to other people that are around me, but that is just kind of a byproduct of praying that the Lord would convict me and move me in a certain direction mm-hmm. and being willing to to follow after some of that. Did that answer your yeah. question? Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking in my life, I'm, I mean, I'm older than you guys. I'm married. My kids are teenagers. And, you know, I think about the battlegrounds that I have. So, like, I struggle with achievement and I struggle with approval. Like, those are my big idols. And we were talking earlier, we were joking around. But, like, if I invited Alex over to my house to play ping pong, I would want to crush him. I want to win. But then I also want him to leave liking me that I crushed him, you know, like <laughs> those are the things I had to work out. So ping pong has a whole nother game. It's a whole nother level for me. Now it's less about me winning and about you have more fun and I just need to enjoy it. I'm learning how to work through my idols and not feed my idols. And so it sounds like to me, like maybe an idol that you had, Alex was pride. And so you started getting plugged into serving and you were able to starve that idol by not having to know everything but you got involved and you became to know more, more movement created more clarity for you. So I guess for you, Ben, as you're growing in your faith and you're learning, you know, does that resonate with you? Like what you've heard from Alex, maybe what I've just said, like where are those areas for you? So I think I don't often take the time to reflect. And I talk to a lot of people about feeling like I can get on the hamster wheel of life. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at the the men's roundtable chart, like self-reliance is my thing that I struggle with. I don't often feel my need for God. Mm. That's what I went to Regen for. And so I think taking time to reflect, like if I could go back and tell myself to to change something, it would be that I actually pause and reflect and give time or give space for the Holy Spirit to like step in and mm-hmm. and change me. And so I think that can be what I'm distracted by is that I'm, I just work, I do, I hang out with friends or just fill my life up with adventurous activities or whatever. And so I don't ever provide the space to, to stop and experience some of that from the Holy Spirit. Mm. So Alex, for you, if you were to talk to yourself back in the day, what would be some of the things you'd tell yourself? To speed up the process a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) To get more strategic. I would, yeah, seriously. (laughs) I would have asked myself what, what am I spending my time on? Mm-hmm. I would have done an inventory of my time mm-hmm. um, more. And what do you mean by that? Basically looking at my week and seeing how much time I spend on myself and my fun and things like that. Not any, not necessarily anything that's bad. Yeah. I mean, there was some in there as far as, as far as impurity goes, but at the same time, soccer and rock climbing and running and, and other good things where I'm engaging other people and exercising. But most of that was pouring in on myself. Yeah. And, Looking back, you know, I would have tipped myself off that that is not exactly biblical, and mm. that's actually in a lot of ways self-destructive. Mm. And I wouldn't have had words for that at the time because I didn't think it was that bad, but it was not helpful, and God wanted more for me mm-hmm. and from me. And then the other thing I would ask myself would be, um, who actually depends on me? If I got mm. hit by a bus at 29 years old in Greenville, who would have missed me in a way? Who mm. Who would have been put out? or at a loss as a result because i think that would have that would have slapped me in the face and realized that like i'm living my life for myself yeah. and although i'm attending church and i'm doing good things with good people you know i wasn't really living out the gospel yeah 
Mm. It's interesting, you know, these little steps that you've taken. I mean, I'm sure if we had more time on today's episode, we probably could make a list of all the things that we find as a blessing. I mean, you're married. You married up, bro, Ben. You did. <laughs> um, you, we all know that. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all know that. But I mean, like you have a great job and you have a job. And then, I mean, you're serving in ministry and you have real purpose in the things that you're doing. Alex, you have now, you're now married. You have a little girl. You know, you've, you apparently know how to cook. I mean, you just like, there's a lot of things that I'm sure we could just sit here. We could make a list, but those things didn't come about because we just snapped our fingers and they happened. They came about because of obedience and of little steps. And so I'm encouraged by the little steps you've taken. I'm encouraged by you as well, Ben, but it seems like as we kind of land the plane here, what are the little steps that you guys would advise us as men to really reflect on and start putting into motion. I think the big thing for me was just praying for God's spirit to convict us basically through reading his word and reflecting on what it should mean for my life rather than just absorbing it or hearing it, you know, and then for me that led to serving that led to just relinquishing a lot of my, a lot of my practices around dating and Mm. even my job being more open-handed with all of that and instead trusting God with his timing. One thing that I like to joke about in that I, in that realm of impatience is like, I wanted a family so, so bad. And finally, once I released that to God in a lot of ways, I found as I was signing or the same day that I was signing the papers for my foster son, my wife found out that we were pregnant. That's crazy. So I got twins 17 years apart. What? Same day. <laughs> so just, just like, just mm. mind blowing stuff that you just can't, you can't come up with. I, I couldn't manufacture that on my own. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's so cool. Well, Ben, anything else we want to add today? I mean, I think one of the the action steps, you know, if you're trying to like walk through it on your own is that, you know, we always hear iron sharpens iron. And I think I, if I look back at my, you know, twenties, I was around a lot of people, but I wasn't around a lot of people that would call me out on mm-hmm. stuff or I just really be that intentional community. So I think having, mm-hmm surrounding yourself with people who are on the same mission who can challenge you because they have the Holy Spirit within them mm. who can then speak through them, use words to that person or whatever to to challenge. And you're, you're kind of molded together in some ways as you serve alongside each other mm. or just become closer friends. But I think just having, even if it means less friends, but to be mm. more intentional with people and not just mile wide, inch yeah. deep. That's good. That's good. Anything else you'd add, Alex? Just the idea of that I kind of cling to is uh, David and how he flees to the battle. Even though he, even though there's a lot of ambiguity in front of him, he knows that God's prepared him for that and that he's being obedient and doing it. So if you can find those little things in your life, even on a daily basis to flee to, because you know, that's what God wants for you. Mm. That's, you know, those are those little steps that really move that flywheel. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us today. It's been good. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having us. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, I want to thank you for joining us. Check out the show notes for this episode's study questions to help you move towards authentic manhood. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him today. Having intentional conversations around these ideas is a great way to depend on God and engage with others towards discipleship. Challenge each other using the conversation to be responsible for the people and situations that God brings into our lives to move towards and to depend on. 
All right, that's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.